Turn the volume to 11. This is the Auto Action Rev Limiter with Auto Action's Bruce Williams and Paul Gover and your host, Andrew Clark. Welcome to the Auto Action Rev Limiter as this week we dive back into Formula One while supercars starts another one of its long, long breaks. But the rain in Holland made the race a little bit interesting, but the end result was never in doubt. Can we remain engaged in a season like this, or do we need to start looking for other forms of entertainment? I was even musing over the concept of watching soccer. Anyway, I wrote a piece on LinkedIn last week talking about who is the stakeholder in Formula One and why the fans matter more than Red Bull racing. Um, And we might explore that concept a little bit later with Paul and uh, Bruce. Supercar silly season's calming down. NASCAR IndyCar on the home stretch. I'm Andrew Clark, and to help me understand all of the above and a little bit more, I've got our actions Bruce Williams and Paul Gover. Welcome, PG. It's great to be here, but uh, and at least you're here live, not listening to us on repeat as you do with Formula One. You've clearly <laughs> given up. You don't even watch the races live anymore, so you don't get a vote. I'm just wondering how many people pause us partway, you know, fast forward bits and move on to the next part. Not if they're uh, not within earshot of me, they'd be getting a clip if they were. But um, look, at the end of the day, you um, as we've said before, the Formula One racing at the moment, yeah, it's it's certainly a uh, a Red Bull Verstappen show. But uh, what goes on behind him is quite entertaining. And um, the other day, he didn't lead the whole race, which was even more remarkable. Yeah, and and like. And and uh, and Fernando Alonso is back on the podium, you know, and uh, and uh, and Gasly, you know, that's about as unusual as Bruce yeah, Williams being on the podium. That wasn't based on real pace. That was just the the ridiculous situation where it 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 poured with rain for about five minutes. Some people thought it was going to last for two minutes. They stayed out on slick tyres for a while, stumbled around, uh, then decided to come in on and get their intermediates. The track dried out, so it wasn't a real race. It was more about who happened to luck into what situation and um, and end up on the on, on the on the right tyres at the right time? So a bit like a bit like Bathurst then, Bruce. Yeah, but even, no, because Bathurst is a longer race. But even Perez, you know, I don't know what's going on in his world, but even when he lucks in, gets into first and gets intermediates on, leads the race, but then finds a way to get penalised. So even when he's on the podium, he's not on the podium anymore. So, you know. did you hear his excuse for being penalised for speeding? Oh, locked up on the water, and it wasn't my fault. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> no one else did. Um, anyway, I, I don't agree with you on that, Bruce. Like Fernando Alonso, when he was coming out of the pits in the, in practice, he worked out that to get out of, out of the way, people, he moved to the inside line, and he worked out there was a lot of grip down there. So he actually started planning his overtaking moves from practice when he worked you out where the grip was. turn four, the velodrome? Yeah. Yeah, but he passed there last year too. It's and if you had a look, if you'd watched it carefully, you would have seen Oscar also got down, got down and dirty as we say, and he passed a few guys down there too. I mean, there's quite a few passing manoeuvres. Sorry about that, viewers. No, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> no, no. Some idiot decided not to turn their phone off. No, it's Perez. Perez is ringing to complain, Bruce. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, no, that was a bit quick for him. It might have taken a little bit longer. But um, yeah, no, it was uh, it was uh, an interesting race. I mean, there was lots going on. It was a bit like the uh, the Formula Two race, you know, where we had uh, guys spinning on the warm up lap and fin- spinning behind the uh, safety car and uh, spinning off while they were leading the race. It was it, it's. It's a bizarre, it's a bizarre venue. It's obviously challenging, and um, but you throw in a bit of water and slick tyres, and it makes it pretty, uh, pretty out of control. So let's let's break it down a little bit. So we know Verstappen won pole; that was never in question. We know Verstappen won the race; that was never in question either. Despite um, the rain and his feigning the fact that it was a tough win, um, he had it completely under control. I mean, he what did he close in seven seconds in three laps on Perez, um, and he he just paced himself from there. So. To me, you know, I'm bored. Verstappen's got the championship. Verstappen's got every win. Um, what I don't understand is what is the point of Red Bull keeping Perez? Well, they need to have two cars on the grid. They've got to have somebody in the car. They could get a second person who could drive. Well, again, it comes down to the fact that, you know, you say Perez isn't up to it. And, you know, I'm pretty disappointed in him this year. I think the pressure of him fighting for a championship got the better of him. But... There's no doubt that that car's engineered around Max. It has been for the last four or five years, um, and it, it's it's maybe not too too easy to drive. But I think 
we look to the future. You look at young Oscar and uh, I think he was P, P1 or P2 at the end of Q2. Um, the track was slippery. I mean, you know, it just goes to show how, how good he is. So, PG, is the only reason you keep Perez is that he's not going to send Max into tantrum throwing because he can't keep up with him? Well, we're too late into the season for them to do anything this year. The chance of him surviving next year? Yeah, pretty well nothing. No chance. It's just a question of how they arrange what they're going to do, you know. Who else? Because the thing about it is they've got somebody to plug and play. Um, they've got plenty, you know. Liam Lawson looked all right. Obviously, Danny Rick, once he's once he's broken, Paul gets mended. He's proven he can do it. Um, I'd be very surprised if if Danny Rick doesn't get another run there next year. And Perez, you know, he's had his shot. It's time for him to move over and perhaps, oh, I don't know, replace Valtteri Bottas or one of those blokes uh, who's just filling up a slot uh, like a lot of supercars blokes. So you don't think Dan Ricciardo's broken hand is going to um, hurt him too much? No. Well, if you look at historically, forget about Formula One, apart from the fact that um, Lance Stroll was able to come back pretty fast, um, that's a normal uh, injury in MotoGP, and he went to a surgeon in Spain. So you've got to figure um, he got the best you know, MotoGP version, and usually they come back pretty fast. What do you think, Bruce? Oh, yeah, no, there's no doubt. If he was a MotoGP rider, he would have got back on the bike that day. I mean, <laughs> most racing car drivers are as weak as piss when it comes to getting injuries. If you want to see what real men are, or dare I say, I can't say because there's no ladies riding MotoGP bikes, but, you know, those blokes break arms, legs, feet, hands, necks, whatever, and you, they find a way to get back on the bike. Um, you know, Liam, you mentioned Liam Lawson. He did a pretty good job. He hadn't driven the car in the dry. Let's not forget he didn't start on Friday for the first two free practice. So, he did quite an amazing job, and he actually did a bit of hero pass on um, one of the Ferraris during the race. So he did a really good job, and um, it'll be interesting to see how he goes uh, at Monza with um, with some more miles under him and uh, a track that he probably knows. Which brings us into um, the ones you raised, Ferrari. It was another shocker, wasn't it? Aside from the fact Leclerc had the um, the broken floor, they just were nowhere, no pace. I mean, they were in a situation where they had cars arrive in the pits and no wheels ready to go, which you know wasn't wasn't every didn't it happened to a few people, but it was pretty embarrassing for one of the oldest and most famous teams in the field not to have tyres ready to go. You would have thought it was pretty obvious at some stage that one of their blokes had lobbed. That's one of the things that they used to do back in the dim dark days. You know, back in the seventies and sixties and eighties and all that, they used to. They, what do you mean? They did it. You know, they did it this they did no, it last year. I know, well. but that's but it's part of their history, Bruce, and also the next thing Frederick Frederick was brought in to, to uh, get rid of those things and uh, unfortunately he doesn't seem to have done a very good job. I think they need another German uh, running the place, not, not a French or an ITI. I think they need to get a crowd in there and uh, someone with uh, a little bit of the understanding of the use of a machine gun and um oh. up a bit. <laughs> I thought the idea of bringing radios in was to stop that sort of crap happening. Maybe they don't know about those things at Ferrari. I, I don't know, but it's pretty pretty uh, obvious that uh, young Charlie's uh, mentally checked out. He's obviously nowhere. Um, the Spaniard, the Spaniard actually, did, you know, the Spaniard actually shows a bit of grit. He's still got a bit of arsehole about him and still wants to race. But uh, Charlie seems to. Um, He's got a copy of the rule book, uh, sorry, the excuse book, and uh, he's pretty happy to trot him out. But uh, yeah, he's trying to tell, trying to tell us that the car understeers into the corner and oversteers out of it, which is a fairly unpleasant combination. Yeah, but Bruce, every race car you and I have ever driven starts off understeering out, no, you know, in the, in and out. Like that, they, they. How many engineers do you reckon they have there? A hundred engineers. No, that's a fundamental error. You know, they have – what Charles is saying, Leclerc I'm talking about here, is saying that he has no feel. The car's unpredictable. In one corner it understeers in the middle of the corner and oversteers on the next. The, the car's not predictable. And that's why you see Max just blow the doors off everybody else and why McLaren are, you know, leaping forward because they've got a car underneath them that they know what it's going to do. It's predictable. So when they turn into a corner, they know what to expect. And when you have an expectation of what the car's doing and it delivers those expectations, you can go faster because you you know what the car's going to be like so you can push the envelope. When when the Ferrari can't make up its mind what it's going to do from one corner to the next, it's a pretty dangerous platform. And um, 
as a driver, you wouldn't be very, uh, very, very keen to be driving it all that hard. I thought uh, fifth for Carlos Sainz was a bloody good effort given how um, what they were talking about the car. And uh, clearly um, Hamilton was quicker than him at the end, but he just couldn't get past. I thought, uh, yeah, really good effort by Sainz. Look, as I said earlier, if you took Max Verstappen out of every one of these Grand Prix we've had this year, the racing would actually be really good. Um, you know, maybe they just should ban him. Sorry. There should be a rule that once you've won a certain number of races, you have to step aside for the rest of the year or something. You know, like um, beach cricket, if you hit a six or you hit it into the water or you once you score 100, you've got to, you know, you've got to uh, retire. So maybe that's how we spice up the championship. Once you've won 10 <clears throat> Reason a season, you've got to piss off for the rest of the year. Brucey's Beach Cricket, brought to you by Formula One. Yeah, that's right. So I think that'd be a good, uh, I think that's probably a good system to introduce. I mean, it'll make something interesting. But the rest of the race, as I said, look, you, you're right. Um, we, we talk about winners, but I mean, it's a participation sport. So let's. Let's take Max out of it. I just think the rest of the the rest of the show's pretty good. It's called Steiner racing. As as somebody who had a child who went to a Steiner school, everybody gets a pat on the head. In fact, one of the big disappointments for the weekend was Pierre Gasly getting on the podium because they're nowhere, and that just shows how what a rubbish race it was. The fact that Pierre managed to stumble his way onto the podium, and um, yeah, that's Alpine. You know, they lucked into a. Well, he didn't get on. He didn't get onto the podium until Speedy uh, Perez Speedy got rubbed Dallas, out. Did he? From Mexico, you know what I mean? so. <laughs> um, oh. no, that's exactly right. I mean, they were sort of nowhere. I mean, if it hadn't been for the fact that a couple of kamikazes stuck themselves in the fence, stuck themselves in the arm car at the end of the race, and needed so we could all have a little bit of a rest, I have to admit, viewers, I was watching it live, and I did wake up. Uh, I did go to sleep while the uh, safety car was out. The one bit that amused me was um, how Mercedes kind of cocked that up so badly. I mean, uh, they ruined it, didn't they? It really was a, a race of errors. But anyway, um, yeah, there you go. What was what was great? What about Toto Wolff turning on his own blokes? Uh, what about what about McLaren thinking that it wasn't going to rain for more than about ninety seconds? <laughs> there were two blokes in orange cars that should have been fighting it out for you know the other positions on the podium, and the poor bastards were were seventeenth and. 16th at one stage when it finally did, someone decided that it was going to stop raining for long enough for their time to walk. So they've got the strategist now on the on the commentary team. All they've got to do is listen to her. She's got a much better idea about the rest of them than the rest of them about what's going on. Obviously, the internet connection with walking or wherever they're based just stopped working for a while because they obviously didn't have the weather radar and couldn't see what was going on outside. So, um, yeah. Can we stop talking about it now? I'm over. No, no, we've got one more to do. Um, what? We need our Oscar wrap-up. What? Oscar wrap-up. Well, what would you like to know? Uh, well, some people are saying it was a bit of a setback for him this weekend, but I thought he was okay. In what way was it a setback? How, did, how was it a setback? And who the hell are these? Who are these? Who are you talking to? Name these pe- petticoat-wearing fools that have said it was a setback, Andrew. What about Sports Magazine? He had, a, he had a parking accident in in, uh, in practice two. I mean, Dan Ricardo is the one that needs a kick in the ass for having a crash, you know, half an hour afterwards. I mean, he had a he had a minor setback like a lot of other people do. I mean, even Max Verstappen crashes. That was a nothing accident, and it just goes to show how good he is because in in Q in qualifying on a shitty track, he was he was there all weekend. Setback. And, Not at all. Was- and as for Motorsport Magazine, they're all card-carrying members of the of the Lando Norris fan club. For goodness' sake, no! You need to, you need to get out a little bit more. Read some of the Italian media. Yeah, and you understand too, Andrew. He doesn't sit in the car and say, "Oh, can I go out now, boys?" He's sitting there doing exactly what he's told. So if anybody, if it's a setback for anybody, it's a setback for McLaren and his side of the garage for not being able to work out when it's time to send him out. He can only drive the car he's got and he can only drive it when he's told to drive it. And let's face it, he ended Q2, either first or second, I can't remember, and there he was. So, nah. Yes. And, and how many times has he been there, Andrew? Compared to how many times oh, the British superstar came If you listen to the commentators, they tell you that he did some practice in a Formula Renault in 2020. Well, I'm not sure about that because he was racing Formula 3 in 2020, so maybe 2019, unless they let him have a drive in 2020, I don't know. But um, can we move on? 
No, we're about to move off Sandford, but um, talk about it. Oscar's doing all the talking on the track. He's proven what his value is. Did you watch the race? Did you watch him dive bomb all the superstars? Yep. I was quite happy with him. Superstar commentators had to say he doesn't race like a rookie. He looks like he's been there for years. Yeah. I sit there thinking what would be happening if he was in that um, Sergio Perez car? Oh, he'd be braining him. Hmm. Anyway, but, but it's all good. He's long-term friends in the future. And what um, is it to Formula One stand? I mean, pit lane when it was raining and the, when the big rain hit. It's I mean, a bloody go-kart go track, it? Andrew. It is a go-kart track. Yeah. All they need is some dads pushing the cars down the pit lane. <laughs> I reckon it makes a really nice bike velodrome. If they cut a couple of the straights out and join a few of the sharp banks up, they'd be fine. Yeah. All right, so we wrap it up. Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso and Pierre Gasly was the podium. Um, Max Verstappen's got the World Championship um, by the short and curlies. Um, the Italian Grand Prix this weekend, is it going to be any different? Uh, look, there are some cars out there that completely underperform going around corners, so there's a fair chance somebody will drop up. And let's not forget the Williams, who, for whatever reason, lucked into a bit of performance. They were very fast there last year. Um and uh, who knows? I mean, Max might decide to stall on the start or he might decide to go back to fourth at the start just so he can practice passing <laughs> some people and he might get taken out. Who knows? I mean, anything is possible. Anything is possible. He might – the car might break down. He might forget to come up for the race meeting. Anything's possible. <laughs> yes, very, very likely, isn't it? So no. are we going to be sitting up live on the edge of our seats waiting to watch it, PG? Uh, I will be, but I'm an insomniac, so I'm not your normal uh, Formula One fan or even motorsport fan. I watch it live. I, uh, I, I, prefer, to, I prefer to do my stuff in real time rather than um, record it. But um, Well, it, it is like cheating on your homework, isn't it, Bruce? You know, when you do, the, when you do what Clarkie does, you know, like, oh, yeah, you, you, what you did was you read the executive summary PJ, and then... Uh, PG, Andrew does get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and write very productive words for auto action. So I don't care if he uh, if he watches on record. It doesn't change the result. And if he doesn't know what happens, then it doesn't really matter. Well, I do know what happens. I watch it. I just watch it quicker than you. <laughs> he's, seen, he's seen it for the first time and he deletes the boring bits. So who's the ball? Him or us? <laughs> it sounds like my life, Bruce. I wish I could do that in my life sometimes. <laughs> I wasted an hour of my time waiting for the bloody safety cars to stop and start and get fixed up and various other things. Have we finished talking about Formula One yet? Yeah, we, we, tried to stop we, we tried we to stop you an hour ago, Bruce. We need to have a break because we didn't do that before. They see Delco are going to ground us and bring us back to reality again? Well, maybe. Are they, going to charge up, are they going to charge up the rest of the podcast with some high-voltage batteries? <laughs> Let them play their ad first. Rightio. Hi, Craig Lowndes here. On the track, success is all about teamwork. On the road, I rely on the team at AC Delco. AC Delco batteries have a wide range to suit cars, SUVs and 4x4s, light commercials and trucks, even boats, caravans, forklifts, agricultural and generators. And AC Delco batteries are designed to exceed the demands of the modern stop-start engine requirements. So check your battery and ask, is it AC Delco? Because certainty starts here. All right, we're back on the Auto Action Groove Limiter. We're going to touch on supercars um, because I've never in my life can I ever remember seeing so many press releases saying somebody is leaving a team. Have we ever done that before? Oh, well, look, you know, it's, I suppose they had, to, they had to issue press releases because everybody knew what was, everybody was leaving, so I suppose they had to formalise it. Um, in the good old days, blo- blokes would just be thrown in at the back of a passing ute and... <laughs> at the back in body bags, but they have to make it all formalised these days. And uh, so the reason they announced that somebody's leaving is so that the team they're joining can then issue a press release to say, oh, look, we've got Davey Reynolds. Isn't it great? Isn't it, isn't it just ridiculous the way it runs? You know what I mean? And and they announce it. They, they All the PRs get together and go, now we're going to announce he's leaving at 1 o'clock, so how about you announce he's joining at 2 o'clock? And that we both... It's just trying to get blah, blah on the interwebs. And then your line media sits there and plays ball with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. yeah now, apparently, apparently, um, I've been asked to stop referring to them as the aligned media. They, well, apparently, 
they 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 tell me, or one of their representatives tell me that um, they're not aligned, and they do in fact actually write their own stories, which I found a little incredulous because I've I've seen them. But look, um, they're, they're getting apparently our friends. They've even complained to some of our friends at Supercars about. Um, our reference and there's the Align Media. So they're listening to our podcast, Bruce. They, yeah, that's right. Uh, they are fully independent and they don't uh, they don't work together, even though they walk around the back of the paddocks holding hands. They apparently are not uh, are not 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 aligned in a in a physical sense. When I say physical, I mean financial sense. So anyway, um, yeah. So you brought it up, Andrew, and I'm going to have to give you a clip. Oh. I'm going to refer to them as the other members of the motorsport media who are receiving money from supercars. Let's put it that way. Or not with us. Ooh, not, not receiving us. money from well, well, I know they get, so We know they get supercar money, mate, because their ads are all over the websites. That's right. That's why we're proudly Australia's independent voice of motorsport. <laughs> I say proudly because we are. All right, so the driver moves. Um, Anyway, we, <laughs> we spoke about the driver moves last week. Um, so we know that, you know, there's a couple who still haven't told us what's happening, which is Blanchard's, Walkinshaw's, Premier and Matt Stone. We got a couple of ideas which we spoke about. We don't really need to dwell on any of that. What I wanted to talk about with you guys was the the idea of like Courtney and Reynolds. So, you know, we know Courtney's going to end up at either um, Matt Stone Racing or Blanchard's, and we think it's going to be Blanchard's to partner Aaron Love. So, are you supposing? Are you presupposing, or uh, are we definitely confirming that um, Tickford are selling two of their um, licenses? I mean, we we keep saying that, but they keep denying it. No, we still haven't had the press release, Bruce. And because then Supercars can then put out a press release saying they've acquired a license. Yes, and they? then they can put out a press release saying. Um, we're only going to run 24 cars next year. <laughs> and we'll all say, really? And they'll all say, oh, but hang on. We've been talking about running 26 cars for so long, but not here. We've been talking about 24 cars for at least six months. Anyway, James Corden can actually leave Tickford without Tickford getting rid of its licences, but um, then Blanchard's doesn't have the two licences, does it? So then he might get them. So anyway... What I want to talk about is the idea of pairing a James Courtney with a, with an Aaron Love and whether it's a smart move. Are we putting a guy who's got experience with the media and the fans and experience on the track with a rookie? Um, you know, how much can Blanchard's gain from doing something like that, do you think? Well, how much does Triple Eight gain from putting Craig Lowndes in with a, a youngster every year? Obviously, it works. And the other thing is, if you have a look at uh, if you look at Cam Waters. Uh, in the time that Courtney's been his teammate, he's actually settled down a fair bit because he's not having to fight the bloke and they can have a bit of fun. So, you know, maybe that's a good thing about having Courtney in your team these days. And he's not like he's going badly either, is it? He's, um, his form's been okay. He's had a bit of bad luck this year as we've spoken about. He's been on fire, Andrew. He's been on fire this year. <laughs> At least once anyway. <laughs> You can always rely on Bruce to come up with it. So so would you do it? Would you pair? Would you grab a Courtney to pair with an Aaron Love if it was your team? Bruce? Um, I don't know. I, I mean, look, James is pretty seasoned. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a like a smart ass, but what is James going to teach a young guy who's proven who's proven to be competitive in most of the categories? Is he going to teach him how to drive the car? It, it, well, is he? I, I don't know. What's James going to teach him? Well, I think he's going to help with the engineering feedback, isn't he? He's going to help him with what? Help him ha- engineering feedback, how to set up, you know, get to the bottom of the setup on the car and how to get it all working. Well, I'm asking you, what is he going to no. teach him? That's what I'm asking. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think he'll teach him. I think he'll teach him everything else and just calm him down. Uh, this year, I happened to be in in a garage, and uh, a young rookie bloke came in, and uh, and he has a mentor, and and you can join the dots because if you talk about. Uh, Matt Payne and, and Gartani would be pretty close. <clears throat> and uh, Payne came in after not a very good session. And Garth, being the he, – he brought him in to give him a hug, whispered in his ear, well, you fucked that up, didn't you? So maybe that's what James Courtney can bring as well, well a little Brandon's bit of reality. Not racing at the moment, Paul, whereas Courtney is racing and Courtney's whole existence will be, will be to drive Aaron Glove into the ground to keep himself relevant. I mean, James Courtney is in that place for one thing, and that's for James Courtney, and for him to perform to the best that he's going to perform. So I'm not sure 
unless he's been paid a heap of money, I'm not sure that James – I mean, that presupposes, again, that the kid that's driving in the car at the moment is no good and that James is going to be better than him. Well, that is a supposition, isn't it? I mean, um, well, yeah. well, the other question, the other question is he, he does bring a caravan with him, doesn't he? Does the caravan got money in it? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that? A, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Somebody, somebody loves him. So good on him. <laughs> uh, so the other option is well, Penrod have loved Davy. Penrod have loved Davy for a long time. They too, don't love they? him anymore, though. They don't love him. They don't love him enough anymore. Well, we don't know whether they're staying or going, do we? No, I don't think they're going. I think you'll find that Penrod are very, very happy with, with the the direction that Groves going. I think that uh, Groves have. Um, lifted a, to a level of professionalism. I think Penwright liked being there. I think Groves have probably got a certain amount of money that that means that Penwright doesn't have to be a massive multi-multi-million dollar sponsor and the cars look pretty and, yeah, I think you'll find that uh, Davey's out the door and the Penwright money's staying, uh, staying at Groves. Well, we do know Davey's out the door and he's gone to Team 18. So Dave Reynolds with Mark Winterbottom in the one team, we've gone for the veterans. Is that a smarter way to go than a, than a veteran or a rookie or two rookies? Which one would you do? Um, well, um, Frosty's obviously Frosty's obviously still doing a good job. But they're a couple of old blokes, aren't they, if you think about it? No, they're a couple of very old blokes, yeah. Bruce. When did they both yeah, – Andrew, you're the stats man. When did James Courtney and Frosty win their uh, well, championship? James Courtney was 2010 and Frosty was 2013. Oh, so that was in the last. That was this century. Yeah, it was this century. Only just though. Um, so we do we do yeah, have a chat with right. Dave Reynolds a little bit later, by the way. So in, he talks about him being thirty eight years of age and thinking that he's still got a lot of racing in him because he used to get hosed by Jim Richards when he was a you know almost a teenager and Jim Richards was nearly sixty in the Porsches. He said age is not the factor; it's about the other I, aspects. I think that what um, what those two guys do bring is a lot of stability. They bring, you know. I mean, let's not forget Frosty's won a race this year. Frosty's still got a fair bit of smarts about him. He can still he still bobs up in the in the right part of the year. I mean, it, it could be interesting. I mean, Dave, I, I just what what those two maybe lack is a little bit of aggro, a little bit of aggression. I think maybe that's what you need to punch on at the really pointy end of the field. I think you need a bit of a bit of uh, you need to have a bit of arsehole about you. I mean, you know. Well, Courtney's always we're had plenty of that Reynolds in the here at the moment, and Frosty. Talking... Yeah, yeah, no, we're talking about older, just older guys yeah. generally. You I know, mean, like... look, it, it's it, what you might lose in that in that edge. I think you still have, you're still able to deliver a good result, particularly in longer races and and big weekends, by virtue of the fact of your knowledge and your experience and your understanding of the car, and maybe not getting your nose out of joint if the thing's not perfect, and finding a way to, to get around it. I think Char- Charlie's not silly. Charlie's trying to build a, com- you know, he's got a commercial deal. So maybe he sees some upside with Dave and with Frosty working with sponsors and various other people and delivering him a, a sustainable result in that in that way. I mean, you know, Davey's, Davey's certainly got a – if I put Scott Pye and Dave Reynolds together, Dave Reynolds is a, is a, is a big positive for that team compared to Scott Pye. And they have worked together. I mean, um, um, Charlie was uh, had the FPR car and when Dave Reynolds was there and Frosty was there. So the three of them have worked together before, which I think means there's no, no surprises necessarily coming. They already know what the quirks of Dave Reynolds are. Um, nothing's going to surprise them, I don't think. No, I just think it's a look for Charlie's position at the moment. He can't be. He doesn't need to be blooding rookies and having cars torn up. I think it it probably gives him a sense of of security and maybe he can look towards you know with endurance races, you know, getting some younger guys um, in. But yeah, I, I I think if I was to look at Charlie's scorecard at the start of this year and I take what changes they've made, I would say his score his overall number is higher with with Davey joining the team than with what it was with Scott in the team. And so Dave Reynolds at the start of the year was probably the the most um, consistent and quick forward, um, but they've dropped off the perch a little bit. I mean, what do you reckon that does to the motivation? No, they haven't dropped off the perch. They haven't dropped off the perch. Other people have lifted. And again, I hate saying the parody word, but this is 
sporting parity or technical parity. Other people have got a better handle on where the car is in the window. Um, once you know that you're in the window, it makes it much easier. I still think they fall out at times. Yeah, lack of testing, I think, is the, is the way it's described, that um, everybody else went testing and Groves didn't, and they um, they all leapt in front of them. Well, they're saving their testing, I'm told, for uh, for Mr Ashtray, who's coming along for, for the Enduros. They want to have him. Um, they're putting a lot of eggs in his basket to try and make sure that that car is contending for a win. At Would you say that with Garth and um, Davey in the one car for, for San Ann Bathurst, that they would, they would, if they can find a little bit more speed, they'd have to be a pretty solid bet for a good result at those two races, wouldn't they? Yeah, I talked to Garth this week and uh, and he thinks that having him alongside will help Davey. And he has a history. He managed to settle Van Gisbergen down and brought a calmness there. And the other thing about it is I, I still think he, if he was still driving, he would be competitive, you know, main game player. So he's a good benchmark. He knows how to win those races. I think they, they really, for me now, become a, a, a strong contending uh, pairing for the Enduros. Yeah, we'll do a big preview on, um, on Sandown next week. Um, we've got a big preview coming out in the magazine, of course, next week as well. But uh, um, we, in the next couple of weeks, we'll get ready for the endurance races and we'll start talking about the driver combinations in a bit more detail. But uh, as you say, I think that Dave Reynolds, Garth Tander ones are, is pretty powerful in terms of... Dave, uh, Dave you're, you obviously had a chat, which uh, listeners, if you stay tuned, you can hear the uh, chat with Andrew uh, and uh, Davey. Was um, Davey upbeat, Andrew? Can I ask? Yeah, no, he was I... very positive. He was very positive. He was in his, um, he was, you know, had a skip in his step. Um, so yeah, he's um, very happy about the move. He's quite comfortable going with Charlie. Um, I think that was a part of the attraction was you know going in there and working with somebody that he's known before, who's always upbeat. I mean, you know, Charlie's had some crap thrown at him, I think, over the years in car racing, but uh, he always seems to smile and he's always got a little bit of a, a positivity about him, which I think Dave's going to like. Yeah, yeah he, he's an easy guy to deal with. Um, yeah, I think, and and you know, the fact that they won a race this year. I think probably lifted the whole team. It's certainly given their sponsor base a bit of encouragement. It's certainly given Charlie some encouragement. So I don't know that for Dave Reynolds leaving Grove and going to a uh, uh, an established Chevrolet team is a bad move. I mean, they're one of only a handful of teams that have won races this year, so good on him. Yeah, and I think by the same token, he would have been quite happy to stay at Groves if he'd got that longer than a one-year deal that he was after. You know, he wanted more than, more than what was on offer, so... You know, you're a you're a driver. You've got a you know, you're running a business effectively, so you've got to look after yourself. And I think that, yeah, he wanted some long term stability and know what he was doing in two or three years time. PG, why do you think Groves didn't want to keep him? Didn't want to sign him up for longer than a year? Uh, because they can see that he's at the tipping point in his career, and he's and it's going to go down from here at some point. Um, and he was pretty emphatic that he wanted a three year deal as a main game guy. Um, by the end of three years, Grove wants to be – he wants to win the championship. Now, is Davey in two – in three years' time, so 24, 25, 26, is Davey going to be delivering you a championship? I don't think so. Um, and the other thing is they've got Payne, who they put a lot of effort into, who seems to be going – so he's on the way up. So what do they want going forward? They want something different. There you go. That's PG's analysis. Well, I think it, you know, and the thing is, if they can get if they can get Richie Stanaway to deliver what everybody knows Richie Stanaway is capable of, when he can stop losing his phone and go, you know, and 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 just lose focus, if they can get him one hundred percent focused on being a race car driver again, he, there's an unbelievable amount of upside in that. What's play. with uh, Grove and the Kiwi teams anyway? What's going on there? I thought there was a rule where you weren't allowed to have more than 50% Kiwis in a team. <laughs> I did ask you about that last week. Well, there should, if there isn't, there should be, eh? But the other thing is, if you look at Groves, like I was looking at the results from the Australian Karting Championship the other day, and there's a bloke in a in a Grove, uh, you know, in a Grove race suit. So they're spreading themselves around the place. And I think Grove doesn't care where the talent is. He's just going to go and find it and, and hopefully – use Garth as the mentor and, you know, Professor Garth, groom these people, teach them what it takes well, to be a champion. Bruce, I did ask Stephen about that last week and he said, no, nope, just coincidence. <laughs> um, I, you know, I think um, 
it was a really smart move to to grab Garth. You know, Garth staying at Triple Eight meant that you know he was a co-driver and he wandered in and out and he was a commentator. But you can see that Garth is really part of that team now. I mean, they've put him in a they put him in a in a uh, Carrera Cup car. They're funding that so that Garth's back in racing and doing stuff. And um, you see him in debriefs and you see him in the in the garage area when the racing's on. So he's a very intricate part of that team now. And you know, I can see a bit like. Um, uh, some of the other people that have grabbed a really good guy and have, uh, you know, they, they're going to embed him in the team and, um, you know, he could be in that senior management role. My brain's fried, so I'm trying to think. Who, some Someone else has done that recently as well, haven't they, Andrew? They've got a, a driver in there and they're, they're sort of... Well, you could say Triple Eight have done it with uh, the, the goat, really, haven't they? Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Jamie's in it in it when, at Triple Eight. There's no arguments there. But I think one of the other teams has got a is is moving their driver into that sort of senior management role. I think Frosty will end up. I think you've touched on this before, Andrew. I think Frosty will end up at Charlie's in that sort of management role. And again, you know, he's a pretty calm guy. Frosty's one of the few people that's managed himself in his own career with along with his wife and they've managed themselves. So he's pretty smart. So, you know, it, it, it's a good trend to get those sort of really knowledgeable and experienced guys and race winners in and get them and make them in part of your team and build on, use them to build the, the future of your team. Well, I think Groves were smart. They put one of Tanda's kids in their karting academy, didn't they, to um, help the, help sweeten the deal? That sounds a bit... Uh, I, I did. I did suggest to Garth that the only reason he'd done the deal was so he didn't have to pay for carding and all the junior stuff. And and being Garth, because you know what he's like, he just said, "Well, there is a bit of that." <laughs> yeah. anyway, um, it's certainly much easier for Garth Tander being in Melbourne with a team that's in Melbourne. If you're a co-driver, I think it's easy to get involved, isn't it? Than uh, if you've got to fly to Brisbane to talk to them. Um, so I think that made sense as well. You touched on uh, Sandy and uh, Andrew and. Um, that's uh, pretty exciting. It's coming up, but uh, there's another event that's coming up at Sandown that uh, none of us would know about if I wasn't talking about it now. The TCR. You mentioned you've, you've got a look of shock on your face. There is, in fact, an event coming up uh, next weekend. I just uh, remembered yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I only stumbled on it because somebody asked me if they could have the day off. They didn't want to go. <laughs> and, so, um, what's going on in? Um, in in the um, what is it? What's it? The nationals rant? What's what is what's it called these days? Series nationals, something oh, or other. Yeah. What's going on down there? Because they're not doing a very good job of marketing. And uh, yes, most of Australia, you can cringe and hate me even more, but they're not doing a very good job of promoting it. And um, I see down in uh, TV ARG land that, um, as we reported, they've lost one of their um, another one of their senior uh, people uh, in there as well. So. Don't know what's going on there. Now. Well, and the other thing I'm hearing is that is that S five thousand's dead at the end of the year. Uh, well, at the end of the championship. That's the, that's a story that's being peddled. That's the story that's being peddled by an organisation in based in Queensland who doesn't give it any coverage in their media outlet. <laughs> uh, so I don't know whether they've got an agenda. And of course, Roland Dane is not a supporter of of uh, S five thousand, and he's associated with that outlet as well. Um, so uh, maybe they're maybe they've they're on a mission to sink it. Who knows? But uh, of course, you know that's not our agenda. No. So one of the curious things, though, is you got the speed series coming on the eighth and tenth of September, eighth to tenth of September in Melbourne. Why don't you do it next weekend when there are no footy finals? What is it that motorsport doesn't understand that if you want to do a race meeting in Melbourne and there's a weekend with not one single AFL game, that that's when you should be doing a motor race, not the weekend after. Why would you be doing it? Yeah, but they've always done it. Remember remember Brocky during the Sandown 500 asking for updates yeah. on the scores? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, but we didn't yeah. have the pre-finals by then. We do now. Like we have a guaranteed weekend where there is no football and we cannot schedule car racing for it in Melbourne. Oh, there's probably – Yeah, but everybody everybody will be at home pre-footing. You know, you've heard of the expression pre-drinking before you go out to a club now. I reckon all the footy people are all pre-footying, all, 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 all getting all, ready. Don't start talking about stuff you've got no idea about. <laughs> you, know you don't like football, so why even comment about it? That just sounds like utter crap to me. People are out, people are out doing things. We don't all have to live on the f- thought of football, but I get back to it. I get back to the fact that um, this event on that's on in, in a week or 10 days, whenever it is at uh, Sandown, 
obviously they don't want people to go because they're keeping it a secret <laughs> and they're doing a very good job. And I'm sorry, um, Motorsport Australia, if I've broken the code of silence and, um, <laughs> and actually alerted to people to the fact that there's an event on next weekend. You probably won't be able to watch it or, or whatever because it's on some streaming platform, but uh, good on you. If you want to go and watch TCR and whatever else is running, Trans Am and all that other stuff, one good thing, they will get some rubber down on the track and clean it up. So when the supercars rock up, uh, it'll be uh, good to go. Now, we did speak about this during the week. I don't, I don't think we actually wrote about it, though, did we, Bruce, about where where TCR and where all these classes actually stand for the future. I mean, you know, we've got upsets and turmoil happening inside the broadcast team and they're splitting things up. And I know you spoke to Barry Rogers and he was saying, you know, why they did what they've done with their producers and so forth. But what do you think the future is? I mean, we've got so few cars on the track. We're hiding race weekends like this. I mean, what the hell is happening? Um, well, I'm concerned about it, actually. I deep, I'm deeply concerned. I think that um, um, I think that maybe Barry and Gary have thrown a lot of their um, – a lot of their, uh, what am I trying to say? They've put a lot of responsibility in the hands of Motorsport Australia to promote these series, and and they're doing a crap job. Um, I don't know what it's about. I think that uh, there's a certain number of categories that are on the precipice. You know, they've got rid of their media guy recently, and you know, there's very little in the way of information coming out about what's going on. Um, the, the events when they run supercars, they went and put S5000 on it quarter to eight in the morning on Saturday or whatever it was for one of their races. So nobody's doing them any favours. So we are we surprised that um, some of these events are, you know, aren't being well supported? Even Trans Am no, is dropping in, 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 in numbers of competitors. Yeah, and Trans Am was the the boom category uh, not that long ago, wasn't it, Bruce? There was lots and lots of it's cars and great racing. But there, it, uh, there lies another issue. Our friends at, uh, that control Trans Am are, are looking to make some technical changes and, uh, you know, oh, we just need a little bit more of this and we just need a little bit more of that. And we need a slightly better gearbox mm. because there's a couple of thugs out there that regularly break gearboxes. So they're, they're looking to introduce a Hollinger gearbox into Trans Am. Oh, they're only eight. Oh, that'll be good. That's okay. So they build a bulletproof gearbox and then the transaxle, the, the, not the transaxle, the, the live axle out the back shits itself because whatever. So, you know, all of a sudden they're building a, a better mousetrap and it's costing more and more money. And, and the other thing is too that, you know, it went from being a sort of a, 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 a an entry-level category to, to probably half a dozen people that are desperately trying to win, throwing lots of money out of it. And um, they're spitting out all the all the people, the enthusiasts out the back. And, and TA2, which is the alternative category that runs on the AMRS series, same cars, exactly the same, a lot, lot cheaper to run. Their numbers are still maintaining. So, look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what Barry and Gary have done in the past and I'm supportive of what they do and... I can pick up the phone, have a chat to them any time, but I'm concerned. I'm not sure what's going on down there. So maybe um, some people who, um, like you and me, Bruce, whose teams are well and truly out of the finals race, we could go to the car racing um, in the weekend after this and um, watch car racing instead of football. Now that we've discovered it's on, it's a, I'm certainly contemplating attending, uh, mm. as I mentioned. Um, I only... Well, the great thing about it, there'll be plenty of parking there, Bruce. You won't have to worry about that. Very, very good point, uh, Paul. Very good point. Unless they run the annual train exhibition, which the model train exhibition, that draws a bit of a crowd. But no, no, I know it's not on because I just went to it the other day <laughs> at the uh, showgrounds. But um, no, no, it, uh, parking will be uh, it'll be easy and um, no, it should be good. Well, I'm sure there are plenty of tickets for sale, so yeah, go and find it. Um We'll move on a little bit because um, we're going to kind of get move into the little wrap-up phase here because um, I wanted to get back onto my little pet topic, which is NASCAR, because, you know, I'm a big NASCAR person nowadays. You've got two NASCAR races in your life and suddenly you're already the expert. Well, I've been to a few more than that. Well, the other thing is, haven't you put in your tax no, return yet? Tax man just your... asked if he could put off, he could investigate me for an extra bit of time and my accountant said I should let him. And oh, I said, really? Well, that's that's always good. Anyway. You always want that sort of phone yeah, call, don't awesome. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the tax well, what I wanted to talk about was the playoffs um, and, and whether or not we should be exploring that with other things. We touched on a little bit earlier. I touched on it and Paul already started poo-pooing me. But this is how the playoffs work and it happens because they got 36 rounds. Um, the next three races 
they drop off four out of the 16. So we've dropped out of the first 16. Three races, four drop off. Three races, another four drop off. Three races, another four drop off. And then we have one race, and whoever out of the remaining four finishes highest wins the championship. Should we do that with Formula One so somebody other than Max Verstappen might have a chance? I think it's an excellent idea. It's a, it's not it's not an unusual concept. I mean, we're just about to go into the football finals. Same thing. There are eight teams that effectively the sheet is is wiped clean, and any one of those eight teams, even possibly not the team that finished eighth, could win the grand final. Yeah. It's possible. Footscray did it a few years ago. So you know. So look, what it does is it reactivates the series. So effectively. You know, you get into the playoffs by, or the chase, as they call it, by either winning a race. If you win a race, you get in there automatically. And then um, you, the last, you know, if there's 16 race winners, well, that cleans it all up. But, you know, the last few well, can get in on points. So if you win a race. So based on that, so based on that, there are only two people currently qualified for Formula no, One players. You didn't listen. <laughs> Max and Sergio. Yet again, you're interrupting while I'm trying to talk over the top of you. If you'd listen to me, <laughs> if you win a race, you automatically get in. If there's 16 race winners, right. well, they're in. But if there's only 12, then the last four positions are filled by um, filled by. Uh, um, so in this year's case, 14, 14 race winners and two drivers, Kevin Harvick and uh, Bubba Wallace, are in on points. So um, that's how they fill out the 16. Um, I think it's got a lot of merit because you think Formula One, we're already bored, aren't we? Imagine if somebody, you know, McLaren keeps developing their car and they get to a point where they can actually be competitive. But the other difference is for me is that it means Red Bull have to actually keep working on this year's car instead of already starting on next year's car. Well, that's right. I mean, they've won the championship and they can, because of the the, uh, spending cap, they can effectively stop developing that car and put it into next year's car yeah. by stealth. Um, but I reckon what happens is once you've won a certain number of races, you should, um, for every race you win, you should automatically have to go back a grid spot for the next race. So even though you qualify and pole, so after Max uh, has won nine races, he would have to start every race from ninth on the grid. So for the end of the season, he'll be starting in 20th. Well, I think so. I think we, we need to be creative here. Um, either that or we need to say to Max, okay, once you've won a certain number of races, you get a, you get less tyres. I mean, all I can hear all the purists ranting and raving. Of course it would never happen because it's all about record-breaking and blah, 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 It you know, so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, look, a playoff would be all right, but it won't change the result. Max will still win by a country mile. It would, and obviously Absolutely. we can't do it in supercars because we just don't have enough races, can we? I mean, 12 races, I mean... No, we don't. And, and Hang on. Roland, 12 meetings. Roland would squeal. Roland would squeal. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, but this is my whole thing. Is it uh, who's the stakeholder? Is it Roland Dane or is it the fan? Uh, well, it's actually uh, race, I think, are the stakeholders. They're the people. Yeah, Barks. What about Barks? We have sunk the $80 million into the uh, category. They're the ones that. That own it. Yeah, but, so yeah, why do you why do you let people like you know Christian Horner and Red Bull or um, Roland Dane why do they get to control the show when if they leave the sport who cares like if Red Bull Racing left for me because they're doing a care? better job but they're doing a better job and if you think back not too many years and uh, when Lewis Hamilton was winning everything uh, who was controlling the sport then. It's not racing, Michael. It's, just in case it, you hadn't at guessed. At the end of the day, motorsport is the is a measurement of perfection and and ability. And you know, um, we've seen it since since motor racing started. There are dominant periods of drivers. There are dominant periods of, of manufacturers of race cars, and it's always going to be that way. I mean, we've had that in the touring car championship with Peter Brock and the Holden Dealer team. I mean, they won six out of seven Bathurst, and the only reason they didn't win the seventh one on the trot was because the race got shortened, and even though Dick Johnson's front suspension was about to fail, um, he was given the win. So, you know, at the end of the day, um, it, it's just how it is. I, I, and I want to say something, Andrew. Um, as much and all as I do agree with a lot of what you have to say, I'm afraid that we might be dinosaurs because I'm reliably informed that the Australian Grand Prix tickets are almost all sold out already. So while you or you and I might think the racing's boring, there's uh, a couple of hundred thousand people who uh, want to go. Who want to go to a party, bro. Uh, sale today as we speak, wasn't it? And, um, you know, four yep. times oversubscribed for the um, – 
people registering interest for the tickets. Yeah. Well, the tickets, that's right. So, you know, it, whatever the formula, if you look at the, the, the Holland Grand Prix, you look at all the Grand Prix around the world so far this year, they've all been massively attended. Um, regardless of what you think and what I think and what, what uh, all the other teams out there think, um, it's not damaging the sport because people want to. People are rocking. Well, I think up. the events are working, but the TV's not working. Um, from what I understand, the TV ratings are down, and the um, retention during the course of a race is well down. It might have something to do with the commentary team they've employed. Have you noticed that uh, it's taking a sort of a familiar flavour with uh, the way the world's going at the moment? <laughs> I don't know what you could be meaning, Bruce. Bruce trying to get us into trouble again. What? What have I said? I haven't said anything. I just said it was taking a particular flavour. Very, very nice. Very nice, very genteel. All right. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about this week, guys? Um, well, I haven't had any books sent to me this week, I must admit, Andrew, but um, I did find a particularly nice edition, uh, third edition of a a comic that I've been wanting to collect for some time, but um, no. I, I, Come on, share, Bruce. No, Come on. Pretty much done. I'm uh, not uh, a little bit flat this week. I'm not sort of not up to my for my usual sort of. You're just stuff. tired. You were out too late. Well, what's happening? This week? We can talk about trains for a while if you like. Well, trains well, and comics. No, I'm happy to talk about trains. I'm not Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> now. What about what about our new? Uh, so we better let the viewers know. Um, we, we should do we do we want to talk about our new a new logo? Um, our new logo. Oh, yes, the new logo. They we're can't having, see yet. We're having a fresh new look, and um, we want to for for a number of reasons. But um, yeah, so stay tuned, viewers. Um, we'll have a slightly different and uh, refreshed and and a nice uh, nice. Logo for the podcast, that, uh, and and I see, I see as I, I'm also seeing it for the first time. Uh, thankfully, they've got rid of our crook-looking scones <laughs> for the moment. Speak for yourself, mate. I look pretty good. It's very, very yeah, hard to work, but it's very hard to work with your head to make it look much better than. Uh, <laughs> that's why they have memes and emojis and things, Bruce. Yes, that's, that's true. right. That's we're right. descending into into rubbish now, guys. So um, I think we'll wrap it up. So thanks for your time. We'll have a chat next week. It's a, a um, deadline week this week, so we've got a few things we're working on at the moment, Bruce. But uh, we'll tell everybody about that next week. Um, so thanks. Uh, when you find out what's going on, Andrew, can you let me I'm know? Formulating it now as we talk. So uh, <laughs> I'll scratch it out because yeah. um, I, I'm looking at a lot of blank pages at the moment. Barks is still overseas, and until uh, he comes back. I'm uh, a little lit light on for uh, deep throat information. So, um, yeah, I hope you can dig up some good stories. So, viewers, if there's any gossip out there that you um, want to start or spread, by all means, drop Andrew a line. <laughs> yes. And we're still trying to work out how we can do a giveaway, aren't we? we? We keep failing on how we manage that part of it. So, let's give it. I don't know. I never thought it was that hard, but, well, you know. I don't know. Well, you're the one who monitors the Facebook page. You should be able to tell me who's talking about us. Andrew, do you think I look at Facebook seriously? I'll get, get one of the boys to do it. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, PG, for your time. Thanks, Bruce. Right. We'll chat next week. Good to chat. Next week. No, yeah, Andrew, we we'll certainly about... be chatting before next week because we're on deadline. We will be, but we're a little bit away, B. Can I say too, PG, uh, you need to get us in, yep. get in your, your column. Because yeah, that... I've, I've started it and I deliberately didn't bring it up this week uh, because I'm being a bit controversial this oh, time. are you? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Who are you uh, going to get? Talking about someone a whack or a touch up? Uh, no, it's a whack. Oh, excellent. it's a double whack. In fact, yeah, yeah Bruce doesn't have to do the whacking. Yeah. And, and, and I've already got the headline. It's time. It's time. Oh, is someone going to get? Are we hedging? Someone's going to get the ass? No, we're hoping they. Are. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Any clues? <laughs> oh, no, for that one. We're promo for next week, not this week. Uh, I'm pleased to I'm pleased to hear you stepping up, uh, Paul, because your very very valuable page of space was uh, at risk of being replaced by somebody else if you weren't becoming a bit more interesting. So, <laughs> oh, no, I know I can be as interesting as you like. As, look, as long as you've got a good lawyer, I can be as interesting as you like, Bruce. Yes, that's right. Anyway, stay tuned for Dave Reynolds after this. Thanks, PG. Thanks, Bruce.
Thank you, Jim. Okay. Thank you. Talk soon. Bye. So, David Reynolds, um, you've made the move. You've gone from Groves to Team AD. What's the reason behind the move? Um, what's the reason behind the move? There's no real straight answer. It's, you know, the opportunity to come up to join Team 18 on a uh, longer-term deal, and I jumped at it. Hmm. So long-term, we heard that you were offered one year at Grove. Is that, is that the, the bone of contention there with you, or was there something else, or don't want to tell um, me? <laughs> oh, I don't, I, I, I'm happy to tell anyone anything. But publicly, I don't know what's proper. I, I'd sort of mix the mind, mix, I'd blur the communication lines between what people want to hear and what people should hear. I'm really bad at that, so um, <laughs> being honest is is really good, but it bites me in the ass all the time, so <laughs> with all this stuff, I just don't know really what to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, it is. It is never easy. Um, but so, so the move itself, I mean, um, obviously um, the way we've interpreted the, you know, the, the opportunities were growing up to give you what you wanted at Groves, um, and Charlie's popped up and giving you the thing. Uh, any qualms about that part of it? I mean, you, you're going to a team that's kind of you know, midfieldish on the rise, perhaps. Um, do you feel confident about where it's going, or are you not sure until you walk in the door? Uh, you're not really sure until you walk in the door and sort of check out their operations, but um, I know I know a lot of the people there. I've worked with them before and done very well with them before, so I'm kind of not going into anything I don't know. And these days, it kind of makes it a bit easier because everyone's allegedly supposed to have the same cars. Um, <laughs> you know, everyone's got the same upright, same roll bar system, same this, same that. You know, it's all about where you set them up to make the most speed. So, you know, that is the very, very fine detail between winning races and coming 10th or 15th. So, um yeah, the the team I'm going to now has actually won a race this year. So, um, even though I you know, it's yeah. on, on it, it it can be it can be a really good transition, but it can be a really difficult one. It depends on you know the engineering group. Um, I'm going on to you know I don't really know who my engineer is going to be. I know Krusty runs that car. Apparently, I'm not sure whether he's going to continue or. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I need to sort of work with that, mm. but um, I've, I've worked with some people. I'd love to have it in here. Mate, there's yeah, there's when a risk Yeah, there's a risk exactly. <laughs> But you've got to weigh the lot. You know, balance it out. You make a choice, and you, you think, you know, on, on the balance of options, you know, this is this is the best place. Yes, definitely, it's the best place for me. I've always loved how he, love how he operates. Love how he. Um, Always seems to be happy, having a good time. You know, I love that sort of character. And when I worked alongside him at Tickford or FPR or whatever they were called, um, I really loved you know who he was and what he stood for. So I always knew in the back of my mind I'll end up driving to him one day. So uh, yeah, here I am driving for him next year. But that's you know that's next year. So I've got four races yeah. to concentrate on. These are the four biggest races of the year. So, yeah. Yeah, so you can certainly make up for a rough year. You can make up for a rough year, can't you, by, um, by winning one of the next two? Oh, mate, 100%. You know, when you look at our year on a whole, we started off really good. Um, we had a really good test day at the start of the year. Made the cars pretty fast. Um, we had one of the fastest forwards for the first few rounds. And then everyone went testing after that and kind of jumped us and left us behind. And we never went testing again until before, um, sorry, after... Eastern Creek, so you know we kind of never really figured out what was going on with our cars until then. I mean, what is it like when a driver when when it does feel like it's going wrong or that you're not progressing? I mean, how do you keep your um your tail up? Uh, yeah, it's a pretty bad feeling to be honest. Like, because you you know in yourself you're like yeah, you should be at the front competing with the best, but um you know your cars always your cars are the biggest factor. It's the it changes so much from day to day and you know, weekend to weekend and tire to tire and everything. You know, as a driver you go out there and maximise your laps and generally, you know, the people that make supercars are very, very good at that. So, you know, everyone can turn a good lap time and race at that lap time for the whole race, but it's really the fun.
fundamental of what's around you to make the difference and that's the car itself but also the people in the team that make the car fast so you know fast cars in races but you know people that make the cars fast in the races so you know, our sport's all about people so you know when you're not feeling when you're not on the pace you kind of you're kind of looking around the people you've got around you to try and uh, bring yourself up with them, if you know what I mean. You're kind of looking for positivity, and that's a good thing about our sport. Everything's changeable. Um, you know, you can try different springs, try different roll centers, try different this, that, and everything, and everything makes a huge difference in our sport. So, you know, it's uh, you can engineer yourself to the back of the grid or engineer yourself to the front of the grid. It's pretty simple. Yes. Now, um, uh, looking at the outside, I mean, um, you, you mentioned it before about Charlie. I mean, uh, he's got a sort of personality that seems like it will fit very well with you. Does it, did that make him like the first choice you had, or was it just a, a good choice? Or you know, like, how, how did you narrow down to him? I really wanted. I really wanted to stay where I was. To be honest, I'm. I'm I really love the Groves. Good people. Really smart. Um, really hungry. Got you know all the ingredients there. I'm doing this because. It's a it's a better deal for myself. But the Charlie thing, I mean, you know, you, you, obviously a driver like you, you're a Bathurst winner. Um, you've got good fan appeal. Um, you know, you, you've got lots of choices. Well, not lots of choices. There's only ten teams in pit lane, really, isn't there? But, but there are there are choices to be made. I mean, Charlie, um, you know, how, how did you how did you, how did you narrow it down to say, you know, Charlie, I want to be there with Charlie and, and Frosty, or you know, I know both of them quite well. Crusty's got a cracking reputation. You know, are they the sort of yeah. things that fire into your mind? Winterbottom's been on me for ages to drive with him. For years, right? Mm-hmm. For years and years and years. Like, come to understand, it's really good fun. Um, it's, you know, test the most out here. And when push comes to shove, that's what I'm really trying to get to the end of the day. I'm trying to get the most out of myself. And generally, when you get the most out of yourself, you're, you're enjoying everything you do in this sport and you perform at your best. So I'm just trying, well, I'm going to try and see, you know, Charlie seems the best for me, but I'll, I know Charlie, I know how he operates, and he puts his heart and soul into it, and when I put my heart and soul into the sport as well, you, you kind of end up, you know, right at the top of the heap, and that's what we're trying to do at the end of the day. And Mark's mm-hmm. been kind of, winner bottom as in, Mark has been kind of instrumental in that to try and drag me over that side of the, over that side, and once the opportunity sort of arose, and it was there, uh, I, I jumped at it. Um, how old are you now, and do you see this as your your last full time team, or do you think you've got a lot more left in you? Uh, mate, I'm 38 years old, and um, it's a it's, you know our sport. Age doesn't matter. Um, I, when I first when I when I was doing career cup, and I thought I was like the fastest horse driver there was, like no one could beat me. <laughs> That's what I thought anyway. And I used to get my ass handed to me week in week out by a 58 year old boy. 59 or something. It was almost 60. So I'm 38 right now. I've still got a lot of time left in this sport. Um, as long as you're hungry, you want to win, you get up every day and try to better yourself and better your team and better the people around you, it, it is, everything's possible in this sport. As long as you get up with that burning desire to win races like you do when you're um, 20 years old, you can honestly drive to I don't really know. So you can stop seeing properly. Jim used to hose me, and I thought I was king shit when I was younger. Yeah, and so the hunger is still there. I mean, you know, a rough half year doesn't drain that. It just does it fire up in some way. Uh, no, it's definitely, it definitely, it's always with me, regardless if you know I'm a competitive spirit, regardless if I'm driving to the airport, whatever, <laughs> whatever I'm doing, I'm just, I'm just, you know, you know what I mean. I'm just trying to do things more efficiently, better, faster, everything. It's, it's just who I am as a person. You know, if I'm going for a run, I'm super competitive, I'm in the gym, I'm trying to, you know, if I'm doing a handstand, I'm trying to do a longer handstand than I was last week. It's just, you know, I'm just trying to always be better. And that's just, I'm just a repetitive person. And it's been, I've been like that since I've been a young, young boy, and it hasn't left me. Now, uh, just back to this year, we'll finish off with this year. I mean, as you said before, I mean, we're coming up to, to the big races. I mean, you've won Bathurst, you know what that's like. Um, is that kind of thing still, you know, like you can still feel that, that sensation of winning and you can, yeah, does it feed the hunger or does it, um, you know, um, calm the hunger down a little bit that you've won one? Um, no, so when I won one, the next year I was so hungry to win it again. 
and that's probably that was my undoing. I think I think I was too hungry <laughs> and didn't listen to my body during the week, and I exhausted myself way too much. So, um, you know, the hunger's always there. You just need to put a lid on it. You know, in certain times, especially in practice, don't extend yourself in practice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this year I'm really looking forward to practice. I've got Garth Hander alongside me, who's you know probably the best co-driver in the sport at the minute. Um, there'll be him and Jamie Wing Cup at the Probably two best picks, so, you know, we've got that side covered, tick the box, great. Um, but it's really down to us to make our car as fast as everyone else is in practice, go and qualify and then go and race it. You know, this is a difference to our race being, you know, we're on a soft tyre, a uh, completely different car. Um, it's going to be a long, longer, longer stint each one because there's, you know, the fuel burns less. So it's going to be a very, very different race than what we've seen over the last sort of 10 years. You almost make it sound like it's an easy one. Well, when, to be honest, when I won it, I was, that that is an easy race to win. But then it's not. It's one of the hardest races to win. But when it, when it all happens and everything happens your way, it actually ends up, oh, that wasn't so difficult. But you, know, you try and do it the next year, and the next year after that, it's you know almost impossible. <laughs> You've been rough enough, haven't you? Hey, oh, I've had a I've had a lot of failures, definitely. I've had a lot of <laughs> lot of dramas in my life at that track, but you know, it just makes you come back and want more. Yeah, cool. All right, well, it's, uh, I think it's a good move for you. I think uh, we're looking forward to seeing you in with, uh, in with Charlie's team. So, uh, yeah, good luck with the rest of the year, and good luck with next year. Thanks, mate. Can't wait.